Hello, everybody, and welcome to Was That Really Necessary, the podcast where we explore remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels by weighing them against the originals and asking, was that really necessary? I'm Zach Buell, and with me is my co-host, Paul Abshan. How you now, Paul? I'm great. I'm great. Always happy to be here. Excellent. So if you haven't heard the show before, we watch a movie, and then we watch either its reboot or remake or a sequel slash prequel that was made with 10 years uh, gap within the actual franchise of the movies. What we're doing then is trying to see if it was clear that the producers or studios wanted to introduce a property to a new audience, and if this was some sort of you know artistic venue, or if they were just trying to get a little bit more money out of it. So... Can it even be done right? Last week we weren't really sure about it. I think we got some pretty good stuff, but uh, let's figure it out together. Today, we're going to take a look at Jumanji, and Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Paul, welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we took it back to 95 again. Um, We're going to get a little (laughs) nostalgic. We will move out of the year 1995 at some point during this podcast, too. As a quick overview, if you guys haven't seen that movie, which I'm not sure why you'd be listening to this, but otherwise... um, Basically, what happens is there's this board game called Jumanji, the titular Jumanji. And what it is is when kids find this game, they start playing it, and then it actually takes them and grabs them and pulls them into the game. So stuff starts happening uh, within the actual universe that is not part of the game, but it actually sort of is part of the game. Basically, if they uh, they roll some dice, the game gives them a little saying that says something about monkeys, and then monkeys appear in the actual yeah you know, um, in their living room or in their kitchen or wherever it is like that. Uh, uh, and they are trying to figure out just exactly how they can, you know, stop this game from, you know, basically tormenting them. Uh, in the very beginning, we find out that Robin Williams' young character, younger version of himself, is sucked into the game. Fast forward 26 years into uh, what was then present day, the kids find the game again, and they start playing it, and they have to try to, you know, get themselves out of it, basically. I watched it again from fresh eyes, and there are some things that just right off the bat I did not like. Um, I'm gonna preface this whole podcast and say that I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go into some not popular opinions here. Just gonna I'm really throwing that out there more conversationally. I think I may back you up on a lot of these too, so um, I'm really I'm, I'm curious to so see. So let's where you start go off. Jumanji, 1995. <laughs> yeah, we have Alan Parrish, young young Alan Parrish. You see him riding through town. Now, again, there's a, there's a monument named after this kid's dad. Now, hold up. Before we get into this too far, I actually want to go with the actual opening of the movie, which I had completely forgotten about. So, okay. as, a, as a preface for this, I have watched this movie years ago, but I bet I haven't seen the full thing, you know, aside from bits and pieces on mm-hmm. the TV, in probably 20 years. This movie cold opens with two dudes burying something that you don't know what it is in a frantic hurry in a thunderstorm, and it is... The quintessential horror movie, Cold Open. Like, two guys, bad shit's happening to them, and they are burying this game. Like, it is scary. Is this a family movie? Just from the first scene, what are your (laughs) thoughts? We we have Robin Williams, Bonnie Hunt. Is this this a family movie? So this was definitely marketed as a family movie, and definitely what I remember it as. It's this fun-filled romp of like, oh my god, there's a lion. It's swiping at Robin Williams as he swings on a vine. You know, like that that thing. Um, It is not. It is not a family movie. Like, I just, from the very open, it is straight up horror that then tonally shifts occasionally into some comedy, into a little bit of slapstick, and then into some serious drama. Like, this, uh, for the first probably 20 minutes of the movie, there isn't a funny thing in there. No. Because it goes from the the cold open that I mentioned, the, the horror open, to what you were talking about, so continue with that. Sorry to oh, interrupt you, but no, like... No, it just, it, it almost angers me, because it... You have this this kid... He's maybe not the most popular kid, but his parents owned 
everything. His family owns a shoe factory. They mm-hmm. have shops. They have monuments <laughs> after him. And somehow doesn't have any friends. Like it's, that is um that is not how this fucking works. When it's you're actively par- pursued by bullies to try yes, to beat them up, and they that's take not how bike. any of this worked. At least where I grew up, if your family owned the fucking town, you had some friends. Even if those friends abused you and made fun of you and only hung out with you, and you were just too dumb to notice, that's fine. Or you can't tell me there was another another nerdy kid that's like, hey. I'm gonna should be friends with this kid, like that does. So he has one friend apparently who yeah. is a young Bonnie Hunt, yep. who's apparently dating this other guy. Again, they're, they're as like dating as you can be in middle school. Yeah, at that they're point. in middle yeah. school, so I get it. But you can't tell me that you own this town. So again, I just as an adult, I watch this and think, nope. Like right off the bat, <laughs> nope. That's not how this works. You, yeah. Well, you, and he's he's. He's also got, I guess you could maybe argue that he has one other friend, and that's David Allen Greer, a worker at his parents' factory. Yeah, and there's there's nothing wrong with uh, befriending a guy at your dad's factory. There's a little bit wrong with it. <laughs> you know, if, but if I'm the worker at uh, the dad's factory. That's not to insinuate anything sexual. It's just no, <laughs> I, but you know what? If I'm the dad's worker, I'm obviously going to be nice to the kid, especially, let's be honest, you looked at, the, you, if you watch, go back and watch that movie, you are the one black guy there. You better be nice to the owner's kid. Yeah. I mean, it's 1969 in, I mean, again, they're in New Hampshire, so things are cool. Yeah, well, yeah David Allen Greer was pretty <laughs> popular at the time. He was still doing, at that time in 95, still on In Living Color. Yep, which he, was popular. He is the Tim Meadows of In Living Color. He was That's like, true. forever. <laughs> he was like the one non-Wayans that just guy on. was there forever. <laughs> and as he should be, he he's a, he's a great actor. I have nothing... Yeah. I have nothing really I mean, wrong. Great is a strong word, but he's an actor. He, for what he does, you're right. He's a, he's an actor who's been around. He's he's yes, touche. But yeah, they this kid just doesn't right off the bat. I'm like, that's yeah. not how this works. That's yep. just no, yep. no, 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 no. So David Allen Greer, he has this this shoe that he really wants to show to people. Kid accidentally puts it on. A shredding machine? What? 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 First what is off, the point of that machine? This guy, David Allen Greer, must be a fucking time traveler because that shoe is is an Air Jordan in 1969. Like that, the the, the technology isn't there. Yeah, to and, create that shoe. And I guess maybe that's just what they were trying to illustrate is that he was super far ahead of his time and this was going to be great for them or whatever it was. But did he have a sweatshop at home? Because I, I don't understand like how that got made. I mean, to be fair, he only had one of them. So maybe he spent all of his waking hours, but I don't, I don't know. I can't tell you why. I mean, the one thing that I want to make a point of too is like, like I said, the kid puts it on this machine that is, is, is what a shredding machine? Like, I don't know what the hell that machine was. It looks like something and you then, would put bread in to be sliced. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, he gets this, this, he gets this shoe put through this machine that shreds it and that apparently shuts something down. He gets in trouble for it. And the kid is the one whose fault it was. He walks away without ever admitting to it. He goes home. His dad yells at him. We find out his dad is kind of an abusive dick. And it was at that point that I noted, like, no, there there isn't a redeeming character in this movie yet. Like, David Allen Greer probably is the most redeeming at that point, but you see him for so little, you don't really know if he's good or bad or just had, like, a cool Air Jordan-esque idea. And I don't think the dad's necessarily, like, abusive and, like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. It's more... At the very least, verbally and emotionally abusive. (laughs) He's just a dick. He is. But he's also not just beating the living tar out of his child, 1969 style, because I think to use... He was abusive in 1969 as of some very 
there's some there's some connotations that happen there. right robin williams and then a young well robin williams younger version of his character and a younger version of bonnie hunt's character cast phenomenally just they, gonna say it sorry they blurting did. it out they were yeah. cast wonderfully they were very very good younger versions of the actors they were supposed to be playing um they roll the dice they find jumanji they roll the dice uh it says something about rolling a five or an eight, uh, otherwise you'll never escape or whatever it is. Yep. I don't know. It's all rhyming things in there. Uh, and Robin Williams' young version gets sucked into the game. Bonnie Tyler's she she runs away. She has no idea what's going on. She runs out of the house, and then we flash forward to 26 years later, 1995. We went from 90, 69 to 95, and new people are moving into the house. BB Newworth. Uh, <laughs> Maris. I have Lilith in all caps. <laughs> yes, exactly. Lilith. Uh, Lilith joins us, uh, fresh off of uh, Cheers and probably in the midst of Frasier, I would guess. It's the, uh, probably, yeah, right into the segue. Yeah. Uh, she is in there with her two kids that we find out aren't hers. They are her, uh, what was it, her brother or her sister? I don't remember what. She's yeah. the aunt. She's she the aunt to the They're, kids. Yeah, the, the, the who's, two kids, Kirsten who, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, uh, uh, young Kirsten coming, Dunst. Coming fresh off uh, interview, interview with, with a vampire. vampire. <laughs> Um, and so they move into this house and she says something about, there's like a, a, a piece of like ADR dialogue, just dialogue that's clearly recorded after the fact, um, off screen. But, uh, she says something about, oh yeah, this town could really use a bed and breakfast. So that's like, clearly they didn't know why they bought the house. And then they, you know, use that afterwards. They buy the house, they're fixing it up. They are going through all this and the kids, these kids now hear the, the drums of Jumanji coming through here. Like, let's talk about these children though. Like the, the one, she says her brother <laughs> hasn't spoken since the the accident yeah just kirsten dunce makes up this huge elaborate story to the realtor about how her parents yeah. were in a board just it, out in all these vacations and on their yachts and it turns out like it's the aunt just brushes it off like ha 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 oh she does that like those are some troubled fucking kids. Well, and you copy, you you compound that with the fact that there's a whole bunch of creepy shit underneath sheets everywhere, which is like a horror movie staple for one of those things to jump out at you. You've got a forbidden and locked room that they can't get into. You've got this creepy attic with all kinds of stuff in there. And then there's a tale of how the kid was murdered in the house, which we know isn't true. He got sucked into the game, but right, still, this it's like, is deep stuff. I have, is, I have in my notes here like troubled kids, deep vibe. This is straight up Amityville horror at this point like new family moves into supposedly haunted house in rundown village you know like this is this is this is this is so so for those who don't remember (laughs) kind of need a refresh they do call it an exterminator he comes to look at this bat finds out the bat uh you know what does the bat look like oh it's an african bat and then tells these 10 and maybe seven year old about how alan parish was chopped up uses the word chopped up (laughs) and hid in hidden in the house like what like what kind of dark and again remember 95 i mean these this was marketed as a children's movie this is robin exactly. williams yeah. this is <laughs> bonnie's hunt's yeah. biggest roles where she was the mom from beethoven yeah exactly she comes into this movie with robin williams you're thinking family and you're talking about chopped up kids like that is that's different yep. so so the kids start playing jumanji as i mentioned before one of the things that was said and i said that specifically um robin williams when he rolls it he gets a little you know bit of information that says if you roll a five or an eight he'll be out of it of course one of the kids rolls a five or an eight brings robin williams back into the real world out of the jumanji and he is he, he comes back in there and he fights off a lion does he though he just yells at it and it goes and away. then he go well he, yeah, he, he yells at it like traps it's a, it in a room he yells at it though like it's a house cat like That's you true. are you supposed to understand 
under like is this is this his house pet? Is this someone that he's maybe, met before? Maybe maybe he learned something over 26 years in the jungle. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not this crazy elaborate thing. So uh, Robin Williams, he's coming back in then, and every uh, you know, I mean, one of the one of the things that I wanted to point out, you know, they they summon then monkeys, and these monkeys become recurring throughout the the the, the troublemakers, the kind of comedic relief that are in the movie. And I want to point out, like, I understand this is 1995. This is many many years ago, where you know, it, it, those are terrible CGI monkeys. These are just awful so, they look bad even for 95 they look bad this they is supposed again, to look bad though my, i have in my notes like is is it supposed to is it good because it's bad because is it supposed to be game like uh, and i have that for the next one that we're going to talk about too because there is some bad cgi I, in that i guess maybe i'm thinking that it's just that they overextended themselves if you look at the stampede scenes in there too i noted this like the stampede scenes when they have the elephants it's a green screen you're just standing the, in front of a green screen well not only that it's the same three elephants and the same three rhinos yeah, that just, went past it's the same animations like they just you can tell i i understand again cgi at that point not up to what it is now but dude, like, you clearly cut corners on a lot of this stuff. And that's when we get the first intro of real comedy into the movie, because, like, Robin Williams' intro, not really comedic okay, at all. Don't even get, all right, like, so I'm going to say so, this right now. Here's my unpopular opinion number one. That let's I'm gonna go, go, let's go. Robin Williams was in no way funny in this movie. No, not this, at all. The, Bonnie Raitt, or Bonnie, wow, Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie I've called her Bonnie Tyler. You've now called her Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, it's Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Thank you. <laughs> Bonnie Hunt was the by far the funniest character in this movie. Definitely. Hands down. She, I have in quotes, I want to bring this up several times, Bonnie Hunt comedically stole this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Robin Williams had to stick to a script for those who don't know the backstory. He was almost not cast in this because they were in fear he would go off script. Yeah, they feared that he would improv a lot and this was apparently, in quotes, a very tight script that needed to be adhered to. And you can tell from watching it, there's very... He maybe had got some leeway in facial expression, but as far as lines and what you can make up, this was not something. This was very different from a Mrs. Doubtfire or oh, other, yeah. other things. That Mork we, and Mindy, anything any, he's done. Anything. Good Morning Vietnam, anything he's done up until this point, it is wildly different. His dad comes back as this man Van Pelt. It's yeah. the same actor that plays his dad comes and out I, of the game. I to appreciate hunt him. that they did that. I did. I thought that was an amazing, really sentimental touch that takes me kind of back to my point earlier about this being that um, following in my dad's footsteps, but wanting Mm -hmm. to do it my way and not go to this private school and and that whole play off of it by having his dad redo a different makeup, a different costume to come out almost as a safari jungle hunter with a big elephant gun. Yep. Yep. Uh, But I thought that whole scene at the the gun store was was actually kind of funny it was entertaining yeah um there what we're dog i'm dogging on it a lot there are some good parts of this oh absolutely uh, but, and i, I mean I, i'm getting to that point I, I keep dogging on the cgi and yeah again i know 95 i'll put that in there there is actually and i mentioned this before i'm a sucker for practical effects there are some really good practical effects in here i know they look kind of cheesy but like the lion puppet the crocodile puppet some yes. of these other puppets that they have in there are actually the the plants when the vines are grabbing people and stuff i love yes. I'm glad we talked about I that. I love how they did the, some of those really nice practical effects. I love the plants. I thought the plants were great. I thought the when she um, when BB New Earth walked back into the house and it was taken yes. over by the plant. And they great had set the, pieces in there. The, well, and so this this actually brings me up to my 
my first I, I mentioned this to you earlier and I didn't tell you what was going on. Um, this is this this now brings me up to my first of two crackpot theories. At one point, Ron Williams gives them basically like a PTSD speech to the kids, talking to to them about how you know, like you don't know the things I've seen, you wouldn't understand this type of stuff. And this is where I come into my crackpot theory that Jumanji is a Vietnam allegory. So hear me out on this one, <laughs> Robin Williams. He gives his PTSD speech to them. He goes to fight in a jungle against his will, much like many men were drafted into Vietnam. He comes back to a hostile and changed world. He is not welcomed by the town that he comes back to. And if you think about it, Bonnie is Bonnie Hunt is the same way. She is this like fish out of water PTSD type of like scarred by things that have come back. Um, the game started in 1969, which is like the one of the peaks of the U.S. involvement in Vietnam. The people involved, Sarah and Allen, they have like some severe mental issues. They don't fit into society. The younger generation just wants it over with. They just want to get out of the game. They just want to escape from this stuff. And then the crazy hunter is basically the Viet Cong. He is a weird guerrilla tactic style person that lives and knows how to get them in the jungle or anything like that. This was my first crackpot theory that as I was going through there, I was trying to write stuff down for it that I think Jumanji might represent a Vietnam allegory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, do with that as you will. Go. Um... <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go on. I, I'm not going to bring that up, but this is just like, this was what I was thinking of watching yeah. this movie. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong by some of your comparisons. I personally went more towards the like... Hey, run away from your dad. Be yourself. Don't follow in his footsteps. I might be searching for deeper meaning in this movie. I don't care, though. It was a lot of fun for me to try to dig this up. Also, second crackpot theory coming later in the film. (laughs) Okay. We're pretty far into the film. Oh, I know. Why do they roll the dice and then wait for a bunch of bad shit? Why doesn't the next guy just go really quick? Just go. You could, you could, while waiting for this stampede to bust through your house, you could have rolled three other people and moved on. Like, I just don't understand why you don't just fucking hurry up and go. Um, why are kids just okay? In the very beginning of playing this game, uh, the Kirsten Dunst little kids, they bat away these mosquitoes that would kill you. I Which mean, are straight up out of the mist. Yes. If you've, never, if you've ever seen that movie, they're, they're just straight The size of my head, they they come <laughs> with like jackhammer noses. But the point is, is, like she bats one away with a tennis racket. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we should keep playing this. Like, again, nope. Like, deuces. I'm fucking gone. Yeah. So, like I said, David Allen Greer, I have, I noted several times that he's basically the worst cop ever because he gets, like I said, he's, his, his car is stolen by monkeys. He's just, eventually a plant takes it from him and just crushes it. Like, this guy is bad at his job. Yeah, he, he's just, just not, they didn't do him any justice. I mean, they yeah. just, yeah, it was People a start bad looting character. everywhere and he just like stays away from it. He's like, mm, nah. I don't, I don't feel like I need to do that. Yeah, so they take a look. So at this point, they are they do take a... I have in my notes, at this point, they do kind of show some scenes through the city, trying to find each other, trying to run away from this Van Pelt who's after steal the game so that he can lure Robin Williams and murder him. Yep. Like, that is the plot at this point. Let's Again, lure Robin Williams kids to shoot him in the fucking face. Yeah. Why are we opening a bed and breakfast here? I, like, <laughs> why did this town need a bed and breakfast? Like... I get that. I don't get it. That's what I don't fucking get. That's what I don't understand. <laughs> why are we building a bed and breakfast in this cesspool of a town? And why are we looting over some animals? Like, I get it. Like, if I saw some animals running down the street, I'm not going to 
start running up to the grocery store to loot it. Well, this gen- genuinely happened in Ohio a few years back when the crazy right. dude like released all of his private zoo into the. And guess what? People stayed in their homes. Because there were wild animals around. <laughs> yeah, it's not like bombs are going off. It's not... Um, People did apocalypse. start looting very fast, too. It was like, like... Real quick. Like it escalated quickly. <laughs> Within hours of just seeing a stampede down your street, people are looting, acting like the world's coming to an end. Yep, yep. In the end, guess what? They get the game and they get away from yep. Surprise! And then they turn the kid into basically mini Teen Wolf, but he's a monkey, I know. But you know, the kid cheat, tried teen. to cheat, yeah. so he turned. They turned him into a monkey. They turned him into a monkey. Just it's another reason to do. I, I mean, to show you what happens when you cheat at the game, yeah. but to do some CGI. Then he then he gets yelled at by Robin Williams, who I've noted again, he's kind of a dick in this movie. He's like not, he said, there's yeah. no there's no comedic element to what he's doing. So it's yeah, kind of a dick. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, the the practical effects crocodile then I thought was really entertaining. Um, they're all hanging on a chandelier from it. That is one strong ass chandelier. Like, let's be honest here. That's this is where I can suspend get weird. disbelief up until this point. Yeah, this is where <laughs> effects kind of get weird. And and for me in the movie, there's obviously this movie is based on a video game coming, or excuse me, a board game coming to life, or mm-hmm. getting sucked into it. There's obviously some unrealistic shit that we're about to see. It goes a little over the top at this point. Yeah. Um, this is where they're trying to wrap up the game, basically. It's it's just... they Someone takes a turn. Weird shit happens. They lose the game. They go find the game. Next person rolls. Repeat. Yeah, they just got to continuously keep it finding was... the game. Like, no one... It's like, oh, an earthquake. Oh, the game fell three stories. Well, now I got to go find it. And, yeah. oh, an alligator took it. So now I got to go take it after my turn. It's like, again, just get, to, get in a safe space... Just roll right after each other, guys. Yeah. Come on, let's use that yep. lump three feet above our ass, and let's just wrap this up. Instead, they just <laughs> take it in dramatic. And again, I understand it's a movie. That's where it wouldn't be a movie. It's like, you know, yeah, I get it. But yeah. come on. When he's getting sucked into the floor, uh, they just keep handing him things that that break like they hand him a trombone at one point yes. like they, they hand him a chair and then the chair falls apart or whatever it is and then they hand him a trombone and clearly the slide comes off my favorite part is that like the one part that robin williams is funny in is he just screams at him like stop handing me things that fall apart like as he, which was okay all right you gave robin williams one legitimate comedic moment in this movie feels like a little bit of a waste at that point but whatever it was pretty entertaining i had that and, and when again when he's in the floor this is the most redeeming robin williams moment is yeah. when he tries to blow blow, oh, blow the spiders away i thought that was funny like I, that was a funny yeah. moment and maybe he ad-libbed it because it just didn't seem to be in cue with this death scene like we're surrounded by all these spiders and then the only time they go away is when the whole house is going to split in two. Now it's time for Zach's crackpot theory number two. Um, I had gotten to this point where I was noticing the exact same thing you just mentioned, which was basically like something happens, lose game, get game back, repeat something, you know, like all that kind of stuff like that. Um, My second crackpot theory, maybe it's not Vietnam. Maybe this is the game that you play death for your soul. So it tries to kill you or get you to quit um, Robin Williams has essentially been stuck in Robin Williams and and Bonnie Hunt's character have both been basically stuck in purgatory for this whole time because neither of them have been able to move on. They're both you know having a lot of issues. Like Robin Williams physically can't move on. Um, maybe these kids, they maybe they were the ones that died in the accident and their parents are still alive and they're having to go through and try to figure out what it is. Um, both the kids are then kind of left in purgatory too because they're stuck with them. Uh, they get through these trials and if they win. 
they win they get through them they end happily ever after they go back to Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt's character go back to like the immediate moment when the game was won they get to live the rest of their lives and that's their you know sort of their heaven and the kids they know that they're safe they don't have to lose their parents you kind of find this out so like what happens maybe if you get killed during this everything and poorly Van Pelt kind of acts as death as the devil in there like that that is my second crackpot theory that this is what you're you're play, they're playing for their fucking souls they're playing death for their souls so before before the next movie that we watch i'm gonna require um two of whatever you took prior to watching this movie um because i mean i, I follow what you're saying but i don't know if i follow what you're saying i told so I, it's, it's a, deep it's it, deep I'm, I'm not gonna I, I don't know i don't know if we have the time to necessarily unpackage all of that I, I'm, not, right I, I, I'm not asking us to and i know that there's probably a lot of severe mental issues that come along with what i just <laughs> spoke to there moving on because <laughs> there's that oh you didn't want to dwell on that no no um again we'll talk later uh, about that Uh, i'm gonna need the number of your guy but the the end of the movie essentially as we all can assume they win somebody game over they say the word jumanji everything goes away like right as a bullet from van pelt's about to hit it bonnie punt steps in front uh, I'm gonna stop the bullet. They, you know, they kiss, but then all of a sudden they're kids again. Yep. Bonnie Hunt and young Robin Williams are kids again. You're just kind of like, oh, so I see where you're uh, kind of piggybacking on where I see what you're saying with yeah. the purgatory. Yeah. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, we get a whole redo of our lives. Yep. We're gonna yep. redo our whole lives. Then it shows them hugging. And then all of a sudden, so many years later, they show a, a holiday party where Robin Williams is dressed up as Santa Claus. Bonnie Hunt's there. She's pregnant. You can tell they're together. Robin Williams is talking to his dad on the phone like they're friends, but he lives in like Florida or something. So, mm-hmm. um, And then obviously a a much more dapper David Allen Greer is, you could tell, did not get fired, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So you can tell that they got together. And I remember even young Robin Williams telling his dad, like, David Allen Greer didn't put that shoe in the conveyor belt. I did. So kind of changing things in the past. I have it in my notes too, and this is this is maybe going back a little bit to <laughs> to my weird scenario, but maybe I've watched too many time travel movies. But my first thought, as soon as they went back to them as kids, to uh, Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt as kids, my first thought was, did they just erase an entire timeline? Because right? that is grim as hell. So now thank they, you. And no, they no, because bring... you're right. Because if you've watched any amount of timeline, if you've watched any time travel movies, <laughs> erase you everything realize what just fucking happened in this universe like <laughs> not they have altered everything like think about the butterfly this whole town to well, remember the whole town was brought to shit because out his parents let it you know we're searching for alan and yeah. spent all this money and yeah. you just altered not only your little your little timeline but you've changed everything this is some deep shit that you cannot just <laughs> skip ahead over and like oh by the way everything's fine now we're done. Um, my next thought was after young Bonnie uh, Hunt's character kisses Robin Williams and then just like walks away from it. All I could think of is like going back to my teenage years. Like that kid had the most awkward boner immediately after that kiss. Yeah. Like, what is he gonna do? And he's in, he's in an abandoned factory. Or no, he, no, he's not in an abandoned he's factory. Living room. Like at that point, yeah, he's in his living room. But it's just like, <laughs> what do you do? And so then, yeah, like you said. Ends wraps up all nicely. The kids are still alive. Don't worry about the but timeline. Happened. Their parents. Their parents. 
survived. So the kid and they like apparently Robin Williams had somehow reached out to their parents and gotten them to move there to work for the factory. Like everything seems to have worked out fine, except for that Bonnie Hunt and Robin Williams are a little neurotic about, you know, doing the classic uh, comedy caper of like not being able to say anything correctly and just having this word vomit that literally no one in the world ever has where they're just like, oh, yeah, we uh, um, we survived an entire uh, board game, you know, uh, terror with you. Oh, no, wait, I mean, <laughs> just I mean, have some punch, you know, like the, that thing that no one ever does in real life. Yeah. So the kids <laughs> parents obviously died. They, they said they died in an accident while in Canada. As they were, you know, when can you start working for my shoe company? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we have to go on this trip to Canada first. And they're both like, oh, yeah. very animated, very loud. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, overall sense of this movie, I'm just going to say it. At watching it as an adult, it's not good. I it's was... not that I didn't like it. it it's, it's not that I don't like it because I kind of don't. But it's not good. It's not a good Robin Williams movie. It's special effects are okay. The plot's yep. kind of... Not good. It's a lot of holes, man. A lot of holes. Yeah, tonally it was all over the place. I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for this movie. I can remember not really liking it much as a kid for whatever I reason. Did. I did. I had nostalgia watching this movie. I liked this movie. I remember seeing it in the theaters. I, for some reason, had it in my head that this was some classic movie. It, it, it was interesting to me when I brought it up to people that we were doing Jumanji. One of the first things out of almost everybody's uh, mouth was, man, that movie scared the crap out of me. And I was just like, I can remember hearing all these people say that and just being like, why is that the first reaction of everyone? As it turns out, it went, it was marketed as a kid's movie. Yes. Roger Ebert panned it because he was just like, this is scary. Like, this is not good for kids. And Robin Williams wouldn't let his fucking kids watch it. It's not. It's really not a kid's movie. No. No, um, it is not. I bought it on Amazon to watch it thinking, oh, this will be great. My son will watch it. He loves animals. This yeah. will be phenomenal. No. This is dark. This is... I don't want him to be terrified the next time a spider or thank god i rented it (laughs) oh i mean don't um anyway i guess i know we've got more movie to to dissect but last last thoughts yeah not a good movie like i'm just gonna say like not a pop may not be popular um this isn't this isn't a great movie it was, it, yeah, definitely didn't live up to my nostalgia hype. So I, and if anybody out there, you know, if you guys are listening to this and you're just like, man, fuck you, I disagree with you, rewatch it. I it, challenge it's, you. It's it was interesting. I mean, you probably like it more. I mean, we may have panned it a little bit more here, which is what we do for the show anyway. I was not hugely impressed with it. So I watched it, and I watched these in order. I had never seen Jumanji two yet. Like I said, about about twenty years since I had seen Jumanji. So sorry, Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Um, so. That being as good a transition as I can make it, let's start talking about Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome um, to the jungle. Picking up where the other one kind of left <laughs> off, at the end of that Jumanji, you see other people like find the game. Supposedly, this like first kid in this second movie is sucked in in 1996, so it's like a year after what happens. But in the original one, the ending, you see French people pick it up. So yes. at some point along the way, I, there's not... And, and, right and off the bat, the, I the, had no idea yeah, how that happened. I don't know. Um, one thing that I wanted to note like right away, and it, it got better as the movie went on, but um, in one scene, in about five seconds, there are 
probably six or seven different camera cuts. They show a Last Guardian poster, which is a video game. Yep. They cut to an HP printer printing something off. They then immediately cut to a Dave & Buster's cup right next to a Purell bottle. And then they immediately cut to another PS4 game poster, all in rapid succession. Holy shit, did you just put all the product placement I guess time to strap in for this one. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, look at the cast right from the beginning. You should have known that was coming. I, I you, did. It's a, it's, it's. It, I mean, we're might as well fucking talk about these assholes. Yeah. You got The Rock. Yep. Kevin Hart. Yep. Jack Black. Mm-hmm. And Karen Gillan. I mean, I love her. I mean, she's oh, yeah. she's probably one of my favorites out of all of them as far as fitting this role, I guess? So, uh, Karen Gillan, and if those of you that don't know who she is, um, if you're any sort of a Doctor Who fan, she has been a, she's she's actually a Scottish actress, so yep. her American accent is much better in this, I thought, than in Guardians of the Galaxy, in which she's Nebula, the blue-tinged woman that can break her bones and reset them and all right, that kind of stuff. Right, but the whole, like the whole but, essence and the reason yeah. why I like her in this is she's the only one of these assholes you had to explain. That's true. The rest of them are A-list actors they're yeah. at this point whether you like them or you don't like them they're a-list actors they yes. sell tickets and i will i will argue that i i i thought jack black was fun i thought he was entertaining as like a 16 year old girl in a fat man's body i thought he was pretty entertaining he's the best thing that happened to this movie and i i like jack black anyway so i know that the, there are people out there that don't um the rock was fine the rock is charismatic enough that fine. even his worst like parts are going to be Probably pretty enjoyable. So I didn't really, really mind I respect him. The Rock. I respect The Rock. Um, now we're going to get into... I'm not going to talk about anything outside of this movie about Kevin Hart. Aside from <laughs> I hate Kevin Hart. Here's my and... uh, second unpopular opinion besides thinking the 1995 Jumanji was not a good movie. Um, and Robin Williams wasn't good in it. Was I don't like Kevin Hart. I, I don't like I him don't. In... I don't either. So I fully agree with you and understand. In this movie, it's not terrible. Because of the role he's supposed to be within the game. That's true. For that those is true. who haven't seen the movie, he plays the Rock's tiny little sidekick who has no endurance, no speed, no strength. Like he's Cake the, is a weakness for him. Cake is a weakness for him. <laughs> so in this sense, I think that there's a place for Kevin Hart and he actually does okay in the movie. Outside of this movie, we we there are more on the list to talk about um so we'll leave it at just kevin hart to this movie i don't like him in general so the fact that i'm saying nice things about him in this movie sure uh for those are you okay with him coming to your house because last week you were worried about stallone or rob schneider hearing this schneider in his house. what about schneider what about, doesn't have anything else so going but on what, what about kevin hart are you worried about kevin hart kevin uh, coming to your house? Kevin, <laughs> kevin hart you know what i would be if kevin hart like added me because of this podcast i'd be thrilled <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie but as as an actor I've got a lot of problems yeah. just with him in general. I and, think this this movie was okay, but I guess as, as far as a plot goes for this movie, well, yeah. So as a plot goes, essentially, I mean, we're rehashing the first one. Let's let's be honest. We are going into a bunch of kids get pulled into a a game that they have to play that is Jumanji. Now, what they did was they did a nice thing where they actually flipped it and made it into a video game. So they updated it a bit. I yeah, did the way appreciate they did it that. It was kind of weird. Again, yeah. oh, going back to my first one with just kids being like this kid finds the fucking board game, opens yeah. it up, says, "Whoa, board game. Who plays those?" Folded it up, goes back to sleep, wakes up in the middle of the night to the, do, 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 the drumming of this board game that has magically turned into a video game cartridge. And the yeah. kid goes, Okay, I'll put this in my system. 
what? And again, nope. I pull that out. I'm going to be like, I need a fucking adult. I need an exorcist. I, I need yep. I need a young priest and an old priest. <laughs> Get them in here now. Shit is gone sideways. But these kids are just like, okie dokie. Let's just put this in at three in the morning. Um, one of the things that I want to point out too is these kids. So they, um, there are four kids that get pulled into the game. They are a breakfast club of sorts. I know you and I both made that comparison. Uh, Tron Jack, Jack, meets breakfast club. Uh, that those are two of the big inspirations for the movie too, as I looked it up, yeah. uh, which makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so they get pulled into the game. There are two females. One is uh, kind of a nerdy one. That's Karen Gillan's younger version of herself. One is Jack Black's younger version of herself, who is just totally self obsessed. She she's always on her phone. She gets kicked out of class or um, gets yelled at in class for making a, a video call during a test which is kind of lame uh, and then there's super nerdy kid who is the rock in his uh, form who is doing the homework for the jock kid nicknamed the fridge who is a football player and he's just trying to kind of coast by um, it was also interesting to me that these four kids they have varying levels of actually looking like uh, high schoolers the least of which is fridge the football player who i made note of it when i was watching it was just like this guy's got to be 30 no he is he's actually he's 30, 30 years old he's 30 years he's, old he's so just... uh, let's dissect just the kids right away they are the breakfast club <laughs> oh yeah in, in a yeah. sense without the the judd nelson's not there i have another crackpot theory about this one that i already discussed with you a little bit we'll get to that later these they're not wrong at all i we're gonna talk about that but yeah. i think that just looking at these kids is over stereotypical oh yeah yeah well and this goes back to none the, of the only I, the only one of them's a big actor alex um wolf i believe is his name yeah he's, i don't i don't um, even know who he is he's the kid who plays young spencer the rock yeah yeah well i, um, I don't know who he is otherwise than he's this. been he's been in like heredity patriots day oh yeah, i knew him from heredity that's why yeah i, knew him. I yeah, yeah, yeah i gotcha he's he's an up-and-coming um kid maybe yeah. i don't know but it, every one of them is stereotypical the blonde who loves the phone and, oh yeah. my god and well, and I, I mean, I appreciated them bringing it into the century, but it just reeked of a bunch of thirty to forty something white guys trying to write in teenage um, stuff, which, as it turns out, is exactly what it is, um, which would make sense. Um, and guess how this movie plays out? They all get detention. Yep, they all um, get detention. They all get detention for different reasons. They're and... all put into detention. They all then go and have to clean out this room where they find a video game cartridge and are all just like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. We'll shirk our responsibilities and we will play this video game instead of cleaning up like we are supposed to. And lo and behold, it is the Jumanji video game. They all get sucked Woo! into the video game Woo! and pulled in. I've been, I've been rather harsh up to this point of this movie. I didn't hate this movie. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. It had some entertaining parts. There were a few times when, uh, as I was watching it, my wife is in the other room, and she just, like, leans in, leans into the room and is like, you know, there's an awful lot of laugh-out-loud moments happening. I'm like, yeah. You know, notice how there's a lot of silence in between those, though? So the, it did generally get some laughs out of me. There were some pretty entertaining parts. Like I said, I love Jack Black in this. Jack the Rock Black's, is charismatic enough. But, but there was some shit in this yes, movie, too. It's not some, a kid's movie. That is that is true. So, yeah, one of, one of my favorite things that I noted right away was... Somebody gets eaten by a hippo in like real quick, like 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 fucking eaten. Yeah, like it, it was it was. I loved it. I so thought it was the, hilarious. The, special effect, the, the, the timing, <laughs> the special effects. Yeah, comedic timing. It was the, great too. It was like, <laughs> fantastic. You 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 also this the scene that I love is where there's Jack Black is playing again a 
blonde, very self-obsessed. Yeah, the self-obsessed teenage girl is is ends up being Jack Black in the video game, so she's obsessed with that. Amazing, he does this hilariously. Watching Jack Black play a sixteen-year-old self-obsessed girl is great, (laughs) and watching him like fawn over the Rock. Yes, as as a as a teenage girl is is great. Yeah, the scene where I just thought he delivered it perfectly was they they land. They're all trying to figure out what's going on. And he just stops and goes, where's my foe? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, of course, blah, blah, blah. And, this, and of course, someone makes like, hey, this isn't our priority. And she's like, oh, really? You don't think this would be a good time to make a phone call or send a text or update my status to Lost in a fucking Jungle? And I watched that and I was like, good point, actually. Yeah. Like this, yeah, this is a good time to make a phone call. And it's, it's, it's worth noting, too, that... Uh, whether you like the main characters, any of the main characters or not, there are some amazing bit characters in there. All the teachers and administrators in those first few scenes are all just like bit characters that are people that you would recognize. I'm not even going to go through listing them all, but there are some really good ones in there. Um, Reese Darby is the NPC that picks them up in the uh, um, yes. in the Jeep. If you don't know who Reese Darby is, uh, he's Flight of the Concords. He's their stupid agent in that. He is in What We Do in the Shadows, which is just absolutely brilliant. Just like this the, this man, Reese Darby, is amazing. So like right away, I'm, I'm kind of in our Right? I like some of the character actors that you've got in there. There are some really great supporting actors in here. The guy who plays Van Pelt, um, his name Bobby is Cav- Bobby, Bobby Cavallone. Yes. Cavallone. Cavallera. Whatever it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, th- th- there's some really good legitimate character actors in, in this movie. So I, I was actually like, again, I didn't hate this movie. I'm being pretty harsh on it. I didn't hate it. It wasn't wasn't that bad it wasn't that good either, are we though. are we two final thoughts yet no no no, 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 no dump some no, final no, thoughts we, on this we, let's keep going through here so uh the the kids get sucked into the game they find out uh like we mentioned one person gets eaten by a hippo it is hilarious uh and then they find out that they have tattoos on their forearms that are the lives everyone of the gets game. three lives yeah. which was pretty cool i liked it I, I called her as soon as they saw like the tattoos on their arms i was like oh well those are obviously lives in a video game Makes i wrote sense. i do yeah. have written did alan get three lives oh i just kind of as a like a nod did well, it did so, alan yeah, because so and and what what Paul's referring to is that at some point during the video game they actually show like Alan Parrish was here carved into a tree. So you find out the Robin Williams character from the first one was brought into it. That's kind of how they tie them yeah. both together. I think that's an interesting question. Although you got to bear in mind when he was pulled into the world, it was in a board game, so he probably didn't get three lives. Fair enough. So we're gonna talk more about yeah. the contrast of these two yeah. later, but, but I know that. Um, they basically the bad have, guy is Van Pelt again. So the there's like kind of another couple again, of nice little nods to n- it. Very, there wasn't any or didn't seem to be any sentimental connection between yeah. the two. One of the things that that happens is they're going through everything. They find out that they have these limited lives. Um, you find out that they brought bad Van Pelt as kind of a different role in here. That's great. Um, I <laughs> I made a note that um, everybody does a great job of playing their character during these initial establishing scenes, except for Kevin Hart, who's just Kevin Hart, which is not bad is. for this it's... character, as you mentioned. It's just... He's just Kevin Hart. He's that's the thing. <laughs> Kevin Hart has one speed. Kevin yes. Hart. It's that's the only speed this man knows how to go. Which, if, if you like, if you like his stand-up and you like that, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to enjoy his character. You're going to love his character if you like Kevin Hart. Like if you watch his stand-up and you're like, wow, I would pay X, I would pay my firstborn to go see Kevin Hart live. You're going to love him. Yeah, it, you are going to love exactly. him. But it is just like every other movie, very loud, very in your face, which kind of was weird because it was the exact opposite of his character Fridge. Yes. Who was 
cool, calm, collected. Yeah. Well, and The Rock is the exact opposite character of Spencer, which is But the, not like, really, nerdy... though. Like, they still yeah, that's have the true, Rock. that's true. The Rock lost a life because he got scared of something he saw on a tree and a, fell and got eaten. A squirrel. In the a squirrel. It was a squirrel. <laughs> so the, they don't do that. Ruby Roundhouse wasn't really confident passionate and this you know cliche. she tries to flirt at one point she fails at doing that Ethically, it's, end. it's um, pretty entertaining you know jack black is still kind of this narcissistic all about me and they all have to kind of learn about this which ties yep. into i'm sure something we're going to discuss later but each one of them except Kevin Hart because again, Kevin Hart's not a good actor. He can only do that. I think that's all you but, get. But he, again, he was cast pretty well in this because it works for this particular character. Like you said, this before. one. Yeah, um, I really did like. I want to call out the scene where they go to take a leak. Um, they they are in the video game, and if it, it sounds like it's an odd scene, but it's a very very comedic scene where um, the girl, as as we've mentioned, Jack Black is a sixteen year old girl, and somebody mentions like, "Hey, I got to take a whiz," and he's just like, "Good, can one of you help me?" Because he has never seen this before, and I really loved the line uh, where she's just, "Oh, I didn't even look at that before," and then um, I believe it's Kevin Hart that just says, yeah. like, "I looked at mine in twenty seconds," and it's just like, "Yep, it's a very teenage boy thing to say," and then Jack Black's response. Is you look like you have a handle, <laughs> and, and I just thought like, oh, these are pretty good lines actually. Okay, I I, I might be I, I kind of vacillated a lot in this movie of just like, all right, I'm in, all right, I'm back out again, all right, I'm in again, all right, I'm back out again. <laughs> As an adult, I thought it was funny. If yeah. this was to be marketed, which it was not marketed for children. This is a PG-13 is PG movie, 13. so this is no longer like just straight up for kids. This is meant to catch more of the teenage audience, which, for again, sure, which it definitely shows. Is to talk about when it comes to this movie, you yeah. know, as far as the target audience, was it really needed? Mm-hmm. It wasn't really necessary. <laughs> I think that, you know, that's that's obviously a big thing to look at, is what was the rating? Who was who yeah. was this meant for? It wasn't meant for children. So when you no, Jack Black definitely a teenage, teenage movie, definitely. Talking about seeing penises and then wanting to look at Kevin Hart's penis and then The Rock just being like that's not I thought The Rock was in that scene very funny Uh, going back again I thought The Rock character was good because he as The Rock was not playing The Rock he looked like The Rock but he didn't he acted like this scared little nervous teenage boy um, at least for the first two thirds of the movie yeah. so it was kind of interesting to see that breadth of acting that, that The Rock himself can do and then they go in. At one point, they get a little uh, little thing that tells them, hey, to in order to advance a story, basically, you have to go to this bazaar and you have to find this other person. And lo and behold, it is a Jonas brother. Da, 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 da. Nick and, uh, Jonas shows up. So I wrote in <laughs> my notes, uh, that's a goddamn Jonas brother. And then later went back and amended it and wrote, okay, he's not bad. He's, he is, and we, I didn't, I explicitly didn't mention him before because I didn't want to, you know, like talk about it until we got to that point, but he's pretty good in this movie. He's not bad. I actually didn't mind a Jonas Brother in this it's, movie. It was pretty entertaining. I wrote Jonas Brother, good cash grab. It, it, it was. It was definitely There's a lot grab. of names in this movie. But he also wasn't bad in it either. It could have gone a lot worse. Yes. Yeah. The one thing I will say is everyone. So in this, if you get, if you haven't seen it, which would be weird if you're listening to this yet, but eh, they, they, everyone has a power. <laughs> everyone has a power. Everyone yeah. has yep. a specialty. Um, the way they do that without giving a lot of it away throughout the movie, I thought was really creative. Yeah. I thought it was show the strengths, show the weaknesses, that kind of stuff. Like exactly. That, yeah. um, I will say Kevin Hart's death was. Everyone dies at some point due to one of their weaknesses. Yeah. 
and Kevin Hart's was <laughs> was by far the funniest. Um, I did think it was interesting too. That side note, I don't know if you you may have uh, done your research, but for those of you that may not have, um, the Jonas Brothers character was actually originally supposed to be played by Tom Holland, yes. who is the new Spider-Man. If you guys don't know who that is, um, that would have been an interesting. Uh, Tom Holland, I think, could have also pulled it off. It would have been interesting. But I again, I didn't hate Nick Jonas in this role. I did not at all. I liked Nick Jonas more than because I had read that about Tom Holland, and I yeah. I did I did like him more as this character, the seaplane. To me, still the um, Holland is too young. I he or he he I know he's looks older. too young. Looks he too young. Looks yeah. so young. So I don't I didn't like him necessarily yeah. for this role when all the other people came in as adults. Yeah. I think they had a lot going on. So they yeah. there's levels. They have different things they have to be different different obstacles they have to overcome as the the goal is to put this jewel that gives Van Pelt all these powers, which... They have to replace it back in the Jaguar, and that'll replace yeah. everything in the land. That's how they get out of the game. It's They're trying to get out of the video It's a stereotypical game. 90s video game. Um, I look yeah. at it as almost a Tomb Raider. Tomb, in uh, fact, Karen Gillian's costume is very revealing, very Laura Crafty, uh, it is, Crofty, excuse me. Um, it, and it is inspired by that, too. Yes. It's meant to be a play off of that. So that's, yeah. It's very revealing in a sense it's almost like un- who would be in a jungle wearing a halter top well and they make a mention of it too like this is a terrible this is a, this is a terrible outfit for the jungle <laughs> but very very stereotypical 90s yeah. game um i thought I, I i liked a lot of the cg I and mean, all the animals for the most part were cgi yeah there were a couple scenes with the right uh in the beginning where they were running for some hippos that was actually looked pretty cool they didn't look that bad i mean they were they were cgi but they didn't look bad they, no. they weren't like distractingly bad CGI like the first one that we were talking about. But I loved. I almost had fun because I do. I watch this twice. I watch it once, kind of fresh, and then I'll watch it again to take notes. Yeah. The level of C characters throughout this, like C actor characters, just like oh, so and so is in that. Oh, so yep. and so is in that. Or yep. I felt myself doing that a lot through this googling or going through yep. IMBD as to who were these people and just kind of having a little bit of fun with that part of the movie yeah just yeah. all of the the cast that they put into this as a i feel like the last one had five six total maybe ten actors exactly yeah i thought it was so at one point they have another stampede happening it's a rhino all rhino stampede this time it's not anything uh, um, there's, there's no other mixed animals in there uh, but at one point this is where Kevin Hart loses his second life because uh, the rock throws him <laughs> out of the chopper as a sacrifice to distract the rhinos and at one point he makes a joke and I just just noted like is he making a joke about getting rhino dick in his face? Because he is he is, he is. he's making a joke about having yeah rhino dick in his face um, and then you find out during that pretty much that same scene that one of the weaknesses from the Jonas brother is he gets bitten by a mosquito and that's like his weakness and you know they save him. I won't go into you know exactly how that works, but they they save him. And this is another classic quote from the wife: "How did he go twenty years without being bitten by a mosquito?" I said the exact same thing. <laughs> he's because he's in his thing. And he's like, "Oh, citronella candles." That's like their you know explanation for why it is. It's like I don't know if you've ever used a citronella candle in your life because they don't stop mosquitoes. <laughs> My only thought was maybe it was because he took off his jacket. Like he'd been wearing this coat yep. with the the neck, the fuzzy neck thing. That, yeah, I guess that could have been it. But and yeah, he, anyway, like the one time he took off his coat, maybe. Um, I thought it was great though how they used 
they didn't really give Nick Jonas a, or his character didn't really understand how long he'd been gone. Yeah, which I appreciated too. And they was using very 90s slang with them and they were just like, what year do you Makes a reference is? to Cindy Crawford. Yes, and, yeah, yes. All that kind of stuff, yeah. And uh, he realizes he's been in there 20 years yeah. and it's uh, pretty detrimental. You know, he gets pretty, pretty upset, kind of taken aback by it. Uh, which we want to talk I'm definitely going to bring up when they they get out of the game at some point. Yes, we're going to have to talk about that whole thing later. We but. will. And well, and we're, we're not too far away from that. The only thing that, the only couple things I wanted to mention, um, it definitely lost steam as it went. It started to feel like it was longer than two yeah. hours. Needed an editor like a recent Tarantino film. Um, I think that I, when Kevin Hart, he, he shouted out zoology bitch. Um, I just really couldn't because his character is supposed to be a zoology expert. It's just like, oh, come on. that is This is the nadir of the movie. This is the, the low point when he shouts that. Um, and then you, you, find you out, hit it right on the head, though. This They had a lot of really good stuff going on, and then they kind of get to this end oh, march, yeah. like the final march going up, and it just takes... It drags oh, my on. goodness. Yeah. They really came up short in this part, I, in yeah. my opinion. It's just kind of like, okay, let's get let's get going. So um, one of the things that happens is they're, they, they're confronted, confronted by Van Pelt. They have to get this... Uh, this this jewel back in to save the land or whatever it is um and at one point karen gillen's character she sacrifices herself by jumping into a bunch of snakes and getting bitten and that's you know like her weakness is venom and i just thought to myself isn't that everybody's weakness like who's who's not who's doesn't have a weakness to venom because the other characters like okay jonas brothers weak to mosquitoes kevin's uh kevin hart's character is weak to uh cake like there's other random weaknesses her weaknesses is venom like yeah everybody's weakness is venom that's that's just how this, that's how life works like <laughs> like are snakes more attracted to her or I, no I it just says weakness venom. venom and also it says venom it doesn't say this specifically snake venom so in theory like a scorpion could have stung her or something like that you know like i i just i i don't know that one was that one was kind of kind of kind of dumb um but then yeah they end up of course they save it um they get out of the game. Uh, the Rock, Spencer, he has a moment where he doesn't want to leave the game because he's much better. Well, let's he's back. Like wait a minute. Let's back up because okay, you, you have. There's a quote that I caught. Yes. Uh, Reese Darby is saying his goodbyes to everyone. Yes. And this is going to strike a chord with you because yeah. I think you'd mentioned something about this. He tells Kevin Hart, I'm going to miss you the most. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, this is a good point to I bring up. I <laughs> was watching this with my wife. Yep. Who then her ears kind of perked up because she was watching her phone and that was she didn't really want to watch this at all. Yeah, I was like, is that the fucking Wizard of Oz? So that is a good point. This is what I brought up to you. This is crackpot theory number three, number one for I this movie. I don't find this I, to be a crackpot. I, maybe theory. maybe this isn't as crackpot as the other. I mean, it's definitely not as crackpot as the other ones. But I definitely have it written uh, written down, and I tried to flesh this out as much as possible. But this is basically the Wizard of Oz. So as we go through some of these, um, we have. Fridge, which is Kevin Hart's character, um, the kid is caught cheating because the other kid is playing for him. He needs a brain, so he needs to find out how to think for himself. Now he is shown to be a zoology 
um, expert, and he uses his zoology knowledge to help save the day. That's when he shouts out, zoology bitch. Uh, Spencer needs courage. He is the nerdy kid that eventually is the rock. He finds his courage. He he ends up getting killed, like you said before, by a squirrel, but he ends up finding his courage in the end. Um, Bethany, the girl who is very self-obsessed, which is Jack Black's character, she needs a heart. She needs to find a world outside of herself, think about others. She needs to really kind of have this. And the Jonas bro is... He, he needs to get home. He's been stuck in this game for 26 years. He is Dorothy. He just, just needs to get home. This does leave me with Martha, which is Karen Gillan's character. She needs... I don't know. Is she just... I, I have I have it just like... She needs confidence? Or she is Toto? I don't really know what her role in this becomes. Maybe she's the good witch? I can't figure See, out I what she is. I Dorothy. And I had... Interesting. And I had more of... Because I or I had Nick Jonas as the wizard. He had been there longer. He he was looking right. to get home where the wizard tries to get in the balloon. He leaves without Dorothy like deuces. Now, again, that didn't necessarily happen. All right. Yeah, I can see that. Too. I, in the end, really did think this was more of like a truck, more of a breakfast club. Yeah. You have this mixed group of teens. They're here on detention on a Saturday. They come from different backgrounds. They have different preconceived notions which they talk about through the movie of each other two of them fall in love uh i really i get the 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 quote where i will miss you the most comes from yeah wizard of oz that made me speak up really start to dive into what you had mentioned yeah but i still find more in line with breakfast club the breakfast club for sure and i had that written down too it's just like there's definitely which again is why this movie like i said it doesn't completely suck it's definitely got some good inspirations and there definitely was care taken to make this movie it was not just a slap together money grab i think so just too well (laughs) i mean let's look at those numbers real quick because it took 90 million dollars to make this movie 90 million to make this movie with a lot of A-list actors. That's true. That's true. Now, this movie worldwide, if you want to talk about it not being a cash grab, world fucking wide. 900, 900 million. And 62 million. Yep. yep. That is close. So epically close to a billion dollars with a B. Yes. So this movie was clearly a fucking cash grab. To well, say that I mean, this, was yo, it a cash movie, grab or was it just meant? Or was it just did it just do well? To so make okay, it? so here's here's where it goes. You could have named this movie anything else other than Jumanji. True, and I actually would have liked it more. You put the name Jumanji on here to sell tickets. That's no true. way would did you outside of a oh this is where El, this was Ellen Parrish's home. Did you try and connect the two other than the name Jumanji? Yeah. This was a cash grab movie hands down. You could have called this Tron Breakfast Club, put the same people <laughs> in it and it would not have sold as many tickets, but it would have take out the Jumanji, you're not selling the tickets. So yeah, like as you mentioned, 90 mil, it took in about 960 mil, uh, or a little over 960 mil worldwide. Um, top three for the year it came out, which was 2016. That's uh, a big year. Uh, that was The Last Jedi, Beauty and the Beast, and Wonder Woman were the top three. Bear in mind, this came in number four, so it yep. wasn't far out of that. Um, going back to the original one, Jumanji, the original had $50 million budget, which in 95 was quite a bit. Which was quite a bit. Um, took in 100 mil here, took in 262 mil worldwide, so that you know was a total of over $350 million, which again, yep. that's, that's not 
that's not small potatoes by any means. Top three that year were Toy Story, Batman Forever, and Apollo 13, as we mentioned last year or last week. Um, this came in number seven. Yep. So uh, the, these were both money makers, and like you said, maybe the second one was used to do a little bit of cash grab by um, calling it Jumanji, um, which was interesting because if you want to get technical about it, as a just a little spot of trivia, this is technically the third Jumanji movie that was made. Zathura, A Space Adventure, that was supposed to be the sequel to it. This is why there's a huge amount of overlap in them, but they just basically made it Jumanji in space. Didn't do nearly as well, ended up being rebranded because they didn't want to use the Jumanji name, but they still call it like a spiritual successor to this. Guess what's coming out in December of 2019? What is coming out? A sequel to Jumanji Welcome (laughs) to the Jungle. Yeah, it's called The Jungle Crew or something like that, I think. So again, at the end of this movie, surprise, they try and destroy the game. Just like every, you know, the kids back in 1869, 1969, now they're trying to destroy it again. My question, though, we need to back up. So they try and destroy the game. How do they make a sequel? So let's back up a second when we yep. talk about this movie. This ends with the kids who the three teenagers or the four teenagers in detention get spit out of the game. Yep. Right in, back at the in same time. 2017. They're 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 out of the game. The Jonas brother gets spit out in his timeline back at the moment when he right. started playing the game. So my question so he's alive is, again. is that how for for my time travel movie lovers seems like that's what happens is you are spit out at the exact moment when you would have entered the or when you had previously entered the game you just so get my spit question back out is, if you pass it so my question is that's great so these yeah. four teenagers walk down the street they go to this a creepy kid's house who was where is now not a creepy house at all and it's yeah. beautiful and Tim Matheson is the dad, by the way. Um, well, yeah, and for, Colin Hanks, Tim, Tom Hanks' son, is the Colin grown-up Hanks kid. walks out as the grown-up, you know, Nick Jonas kid wearing yeah. his Metallica shirt, but he's an adult and carrying a uh, a bat or you know a car carrier yeah. for a baby. Um, and they meet, and they're like, "Oh my god!" So what? That's all I have to say is what? <laughs> How the fuck does that happen? No, for my time travel people, fucking follow me here. I'm Colin Hanks. I get sucked out of this video game. I'm with you so what, far. What the f- what are do you, what are you doing now? <laughs> like if I'm Colin Hanks, I don't know that these kids are getting sucked out in their own time. I'm, I'm taking that game and I'm destroying it. So are you telling me Colin Hanks knew that these kids were going to find this game in the future and put that game in the basement? How did the game get in the basement? What did Colin Hanks do when he got spit out of a fucking video game? I would have destroyed that shit. Just like the kids who got sucked out in 2017 took it in the back alley and destroyed that shit. How does this work? Explain it to me. Well, I mean, I think the explanation that we can go with is exactly what we see in the the beginning when he finds it being a a board game and then it jumps into a video game i think it can just body jump so if you destroy one vessel it just hops into something else i don't know what the rules are there i'm sure we'll get much more of an explanation in the sequel it bothers me i but then kirsten (laughs) dunst and the kid don't remember being sucked out of the game either yeah so that it, it it doesn't make sense Again, I I have reboot slash sequel question mark. Like, is this a reboot? Is this a sequel? It's, I don't think it's a sequel. I think it's a I think it's a reboot with a nod. Technically, I think you could qualify it as a sequel. That's what the the filmmakers wanted to qualify it as. I would definitely err on the side of it being a reboot, though. Reboot for a new series. 
or for a new audience, they just, I, yeah, I, I think it's a reboot. Especially because they're making a sequel to this movie now. I think it's more of a reboot. But technically, they want to call it a, a, a sequel. Any other thoughts on this before I'm just going to wrap it up with a little bit of trivia about the two pieces? No, no. Like I said, up? I thought it was a good movie. Had, had they not named it Jumanji, I think it would not have done better in the theaters, but I would have liked it more. Yeah. Um, going back to the original one, just a little bit of trivia for you guys so you guys kind of understand this. Um, like I said, director was Joe Johnston. He did The Rocketeer, Jurassic Park 3. He did The Wolfman. He did the original Captain America movie, which was set back in the World War II era. And then he did Hidalgo, which is kind of interesting there. Um, the writer for this, Jonathan Hensley, he did... Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, so that one's coming right back. He wrote that movie. Um, he wrote The Saint, which was the Val Kilmer sweet uh, action movie then. He wrote Armageddon. He wrote The Punisher with Tom Jane, and he wrote Next with Nicolas Cage. So he's got an interesting um, an interesting little bit there. Um, Bruce Willis was considered, uh, but Die Hard with a Vengeance got in the way of filming, so he did not end up taking it. He did not take the, the role that was... Uh, was given to Robin Williams. Other notables for that same role, and just leave you with this because this runs uh, this runs a hell of a gamut here for people that they considered for this. Um, people that were considered for Robin Williams roles: uh, Tom Hanks, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Michael Keaton, Bill Paxton, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So just stop and think about that list and figure out which ones of any of those would have. Uh, potentially improved it and the only other notable thing there was uh, Scarlett Johansson was almost going to be Kirsten Dunn's character but she ended up not winning that one out and oh Kirstie Alley was almost Bonnie Hunt's character which I thought was kind of interesting interesting um, for Jumanji 2 this was directed by Joe Kasdan he did a bunch of Freaks and Geeks episodes um, he notably did Orange County which most of you will probably remember featured Jack Black and Colin Hanks in it. Um, he also did Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. He did Bad Teacher and Sex Tape. Basically, this guy has done... I I, I was never a huge Freaks and Geeks fan, but I, I respected it. I always thought it was kind of interesting. Um, but basically, he's done a bunch of pretty mediocre comedies. So yeah, it kind of stands I mean, to reason. Yeah, I was always a huge Freaks um, and Geeks fan. But. One thing that I thought was really interesting about this. Now, it's not interesting that they had four major writers on this film. Usually, there's a bajillion writers. They only credit a few of them. What I want to go through is the four major writers of this film are really, really interesting. So there's two guys, Chris McKenna and Eric uh, Eric Summers. These guys have basically, this, they're, they're co-writers on a lot of stuff, so they have basically the same exact um, pedigree, which is they wrote a bunch of Mindy Project and Community episodes, two shows that I actually quite enjoy. Um, they co-wrote Lego Batman movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Spider-Man Far From Home that's soon to be released. So I was like, okay, I can kind of see some of the things that they have there. The other two writers, one guy is Scott Rosenberg. This guy wrote, and you can kind of understand why some of these things like fall flat, some of them work, because you can tell that they must have gone through a lot of different iterations of the script. Scott Rosenberg wrote Con Air, Disturbing Behavior, High Fidelity, Gone in 60 Seconds, all of which are, you know, at least dumb, funny, interesting movies. Then it dives into he wrote kangaroo jack and then the most recent venom movie the other guy jeff pinkner wrote a bunch of alias lost and fringe episodes so apparently he's in the pocket of jj abrams he must love doing his tv stuff um he wrote the amazing spider-man 2 the dark tower and co-wrote venom with our friend uh scott rosenberg so there are a couple of guys in there that wrote some really interesting comedy, some pretty good stuff that I liked, and then a couple of guys in there that wrote some real schlocky shit, so you can kind of understand why some of these things happened. 
Um, and the only other thing that I want to mention out of this, I already talked about Tom Holland. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny. The Rock suggested the name Smolder for his character to the director and that he should be able to smolder on command. And the director apparently just loved it and rewrote it in there. So The Rock calling some audibles and it works out for him. I mean, he's The Rock. He can it's, apparently do whatever he wants in Hollywood. I True. Good, good point. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, indeed. All right, so now that we have, I think, probably talked about this to death, um, let's talk about our breakdown of the two movies. Let's get into some of our scoring criteria. So um, if you guys didn't listen to the last episode, just so you know, we break it down by five main criteria, just so we can kind of have some uh, interesting comparisons here. We look at the cast, we look at the acting, we look at the direction slash script, uh, the production value, and the enjoyment value. So cast-wise, let's get into this. Jumanji versus Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Which had the better cast? Paul's looking very pensive. I'm curious to see what he says about Again, this. Again, I'm full of not popular opinions. The new, one, <laughs> the new one had a better cast. I feel like Robin Williams was wasted. It, it was not a role. It, Jumanji, the right, you know, 90, 1995, it wasn't a Robin Williams role. I wanted, if, in 95, when I think of Robin Williams, I think of the genie. Yeah. I think of Mrs. Doubtfire, this yep. fun-loving character who at least, whether funny, not funny, serious, not serious, at least you can ad-lib and have some fun. I mean, yeah. it was not a Robin Williams movie. It was, it was yeah, yeah, no, the new one. I would have to agree with you on that, actually. Um, what it breaks right down to, the new one has a little bit more star power, and that is not just like in the lens of us knowing the stars now. It is just the original Jumanji just didn't have that many stars in it. There was Robin Williams, and then once it goes from there, it goes dips down pretty hard. Kirsten Dunst was not that well-known at she the time. She was second billing Bonnie, on the credits. And she, and she was, I mean, again, not super well-known at that point. Um, Bonnie Hunt is still not super well-known. David Allen Greer, again, you may recognize these guys when you look them up, but they are not they are not super well-known actors. The newest one, I think, just from a casting perspective, has a good cast that I think you, we can enjoy. Um, acting, execution of that cast. You already talked about how Jumanji, the original, is definitely not a Robin Williams. I think he was kind of wasted in the film. I mean, he did fine with it, but it could have been used better. Um, but I think the budget could have acting, been used better. Yeah. Um, I want to say that overall acting in both movies, God, I don't know. The new one. The I, think new the, I think it's the new one, too. I think the I think new one where... Welcome I to mean, the Jungle. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Hart, I got... Uh, he, all he does is the same character fucking over and over and over and over and over again. But and it I don't worked. like it worked for it this worked. one. That doesn't matter. It's yeah. when when you're talking about the quality of the acting. The rock like, is endlessly charismatic. Jack Black as a sixteen year old girl is great. The Jonah like I said, Nick Jonas did a, a very good job of it. And I legitimately hated all the teenagers in the very beginning part of it, but that's what you're supposed to. They so were, they the pulled te- it off. Yeah, then, the like, teenagers just, I don't care about them. They were but, whatever. But, but the Yeah. I don't know. Jack to... Black playing that that 16-year-old girl was hysterical to me. Yes. For some reason, yep. the way he did it, the 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 acting behind it I thought was great. Um I, I do have to I have to get yeah. into the Welcome to the Jungle. All right, so direction slash script. That that's this this one is an interesting one to me because much as I didn't like Jumanji, I loved the I mean, I thought it was I thought it was visually interesting, visually more interesting, especially from like a shot perspective and the way the actors like I think it accomplished what it wanted to accomplish. I just don't know it if it knew what it wanted to accomplish. As far as directing and sense. dealing with the kind of uh, now again different from production value, different from production value. yeah, direction and screenwriting. 
I, I kind of want to. I want to give it to the 90, 1995 version. I think I have to just because the newest one was was fine, but it was very safe. It was a PG. It was a PG. It was a PG thirteen, big budget. You know, like movie. There was no the the the. It looked fine. It just didn't grab me. I think the directing and the script were better in the ninety five version. So I have to agree. I think there's more things to direct. There were more moving pieces. They actually had a house splitting apart. They actually had this flower grabbing a child. Yeah. I would. The new one was a lot of green screen. A lot of. Oh, this guy's dressed as a tiger, or it's a stuffed tiger colored in green screen. We'll yeah. we'll add it in in post. Um, not so much in the first one. There's more to direct. There's more to deal with as a director on set. More moving pieces, more people, more crew. Yeah. I I have to give it to the work that they did by actually having those flowers, whatever yeah. those vines there in the movie. Uh, I. That's why I picked the 95 Jumanji. Well, and I think that actually ties very nicely into the next one, which is why we do it in this order, but that is production value. Production value of the two movies, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking on that? So for me, I guess I'll start this one off because I've been asking you every time, so that's kind of unfair. Um, for, me, it's, for me, it's the 95 version. Um, I think the new one, it's not that it looked bad, um, but it is just, they, 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 went to, they went to, it was filmed in Hawaii. They went to Hawaii and looked at it and were like, cool, jungle, shoot it. They didn't take time to really like make it look all that like amazing. It looked like a pretty generic Tomb Raider type, type of movie yep. or something like that. The first one had an aesthetic. It had a, like you said, there was the house breaking apart. There were a lot of different set pieces. They took some time in there. I thought the production value for the 95 was, to me, superior. The one for 95 is not superior visually. It's not no. like if I'm watching the two, it's not and as I visually look at striking. Them, like, which one is cooler to look at? I'm gonna say the one from the most recent one, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. The but the one from Welcome to the Jungle is nothing new. It's nothing no. innovative. There's nothing I haven't seen before. Um, there's no landscape that I was like, oh my god, that's totally crazy. It's like nope, actually, think they saw that exact shot in a Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was bad by any means, but. 95 Jumanji pushed the envelope between green screen digital and having a car actually being squished, actually having that flower grab the kid and yeah. boom. It was stuff we hadn't seen before, and if we had, it was in very, very small um, pieces here and there. So I, I give it to the 95, but I, I, I almost do it reluctantly. Yeah. I do it more on principle than I do what was cooler to look at. So this brings us up. We're in a two-to-two dead heat for our final contest, enjoyment value. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed Welcome to the Jungle more than I enjoyed watching Jumanji. Just out of a, like I said, there were several laugh-out-loud moments, even if it did kind of drag on, was kind of boring. It was, there was, there were charismatic actors in it. There was an entertaining piece to it. Like, I don't know. I, if I had to go back, if you were to tell me right now, put a gun to my head and say, which one would you rather watch? I'm going to pick Welcome to the Jungle. So I don't, I, I do, oh, fuck, I agree with you. And, it's, and, and, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to. And I was so nostalgic. I got caught up in my own, in not taking my own advice, and to watch these with without nostalgia, with a fresh face, with an open mind. Um, and I couldn't help but getting more and more disappointed with the 95 Jumanji, just being like, oh, yeah. This isn't a good Robin Williams movie. This isn't a good... And then finally coming to like, shit, this isn't a good movie. 
and kind of feeling like my childhood was crushed in a little bit of ways. Uh, I definitely like the new one more, and and I'm I'm almost sad that I like the new one more. I'm sad that I want to go see the sequel now to the yeah. new one. Yep. Um, uh, I liked the cast. I still don't like Kevin Hart. I don't like Kevin Hart in this movie. I think it worked, but I don't like it, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Fair um, enough. Other than that, the new one was good. It was good. Yeah. So um, that's what we thought about this. Just so you guys know, Jumanji won. If I go out, uh, go out, go out to. <laughs> I'm not Canadian. I did not just turn there. I've been watching too much Letter Kenny. Um, I did go out to Rotten Tomatoes and check this out because that's usually a pretty good indicator of it. Um, Jumanji won. This one surprised me. Fifty three percent. Uh, percent rating by critics they were they were not super huge in favor they're pretty divided and only 62 percent by the audience i thought that was interesting i always kind of in my mind had figured this so this was not certified fresh um it was just kind of a, a meh um jumanji 2 by contrast 76 percent of critics enjoyed it, it enjoyed it they it was then certified fresh and uh 80 87 percent of the audience actually agreed with that and went for it so i mean it was definitely reviewed better J2 i mean was, yeah I, sure. I don't doubt it I, I feel like even rotten tomatoes wasn't a big of a thing in 95 let it alone wasn't but it's it. usually a pretty good aggregator of going back for it, it. So it it's is. a good at least like finger to the wind figure but how out many how, people uh, do you think did what we did in some essence and watch <laughs> the old one thinking this was going to be great and then be like oh this video is fucking dark and yeah. kind of sucks and not really good yep Ugh. Where I think at the time, this was a really popular movie. Um, but going back, you never see hear much about it anymore. Yeah. This isn't one of those classic, oh, classic Robin Williams movies. It's not thought of that much in a way. Yeah. Your wife doesn't have a Jumanji phone case. She, she does, does however, have a Mrs. Doubtfire phone case. She does. <laughs> and and uh, uh yeah and several. that's as telling as i can get with this <laughs> um so that that's what the critics uh thought out there but as you guys know if you listen to the last show and you will listen to everything moving forward i'm sure you will um we actually go through an i task paul and i do it myself too uh with finding our favorite five star and one star reviews of these movies just because i really want to get out there and get a good cross section of what people thought of this so paul i'm going to throw it over to you for the original one give me your best five star review of jumanji 1995 best, best five star review um came out in 2018 Ooh, the best one uh love robin williams as alan Parrish and bonnie hunt as sarah whittle also kirsten dunst and bradley pierce as judy and peter shepherd that's it that's it just 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 I, loved them just i loved it i loved the four main principles of this cast he but that not he loved them so much that a five star rating was warranted for Apparently. it. So I wanted to share that with you guys in case you were at home or wanting to know what what five star rating looked like for this movie. Yeah, um, my five star rating is a bit more exuberant. Goes off into the distance. Um, this one, this one. First of all, it's titled "Shangela Was Robbed." Um, this came out in 2018 as well. So this this is a five star review for Jumanji. And please bear that in mind as I read this, because it goes off the rails. It took me years after Robin Williams passed to be able to watch this again. One time, Trixie Mattel from RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3 winner, in parentheses, should have went to Shangela Hallelujah, went on a Tinder date, and his date had a wall full of Bonnie Hunt photos. Whenever I see her, I think of him. You can watch his story on his YouTube channel starring Comrade Katya. 100. That's... I... That's a five-star review for Jumanji. So 
I know who those characters are. I never thought I would find a five-star review for Jumanji that brought in so much of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a great show. I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad show. I'm just, I, I didn't connect those dots. All right. Um, how about your one-star review for Jumanji? One star. All right. I can never believe that an adult would like this crap. Robin Williams is a good actor, and he did a good job in acting, but this movie is very poor and cheap. The animation is extremely poor, and any viewer I could see how poor it is. Plus... The story events are very childish. Maybe the story is not that bad, but the way it has been put together makes it no better than its poor animation. I recommended this movie to the little kids, but absolutely not for adults. Wow. Scathing. Scathing review. <laughs> um, we've kind of said the exact opposite of this of this five-star review too yeah. we've said hey this is way more for adults <laughs> this guy seems to think that this is poor quality um it's i love how everyone's like well this is childish i read a lot of reviews of like this is childish it's a fucking kids movie well, about a board game well, it's supposed, supposed to be, be but it's not <laughs> it's 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 about a board game yeah it's uh, gonna have some childish antics to it um, my favorite one-star review. This is in all caps. I won't yell into my microphone, but just bear that in mind. Um, I did not order this item, though I have seen it on TV. It is a good, entertaining movie. I recommend. One star. I don't know if they know how the star system works. I don't think so either, but I thought that's why it really made sense as a one-star review. Or rather, didn't make sense as a one-star review at all. Awesome. Now, at Welcome to the Jungle, I'm sure we, we were able to dig up a little bit more. Uh, for those who don't know or have never actually tried to look at like a review for, uh, especially like Amazon for one of these movies that came out in 95, a lot of it is just people bitching about the quality of the DVD they ordered. Yep. Um, so for to actually find no good one star is interesting. Yeah. Not the case for the new ones. No. Um, Zach, what's your one star looking like for uh, Welcome to the Jungle? My one star for Welcome to the Jungle, nothing like the original. When it comes to gays, can't watch, and it's the child's movie, nothing like the original. I'm going to need you to repeat that again for the people in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat here. When it comes to gays, can't watch, and it's like child's movie, nothing like the original. That's amazing. Yep. So, I want to so, have coffee with that guy. I, I, I'm curious. I, I would like to sit down for a nice conversation and oh. probably never talk to him again. No. <laughs> Paul? No. You, uh, I'm sure, have Elo a good one. Story. Eloquently titled, uh, not as good as the original one. All right, all right. Too fake. Um, too is spelled T-O. <laughs> Storyline is teenage-fied. Robin Williams' version was million time better. Nine out of 29 people found that review helpful. Um, so there's that. That's teenage-fied. I, I didn't know if that meant, like, this story was for teenagers or about teenagers, because I'm pretty sure the other one was two. I have questions, but, <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, five stars. What did someone, I'm sure <laughs> there were some five stars. I, there were there were there are many many five star reviews for this movie. Um, there are some really good diatribes, some novels, some theses written on this. Um, I'm just gonna take this one made me laugh out loud because again I don't think they understand what a five star review is. Titled "Okay Movie Review," so so, period. 
That's it. I love it. Two words. And it's not, yeah, just so-so, period. Five stars. I don't think you know what a review is. I don't think you know what a star rating is. I don't, yeah. Or you don't know what so-so is. Somehow you're missing a meaning in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this one is entitled uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is Out of This World Fun. Out of This World Fun. Out of This World Fun. I like it already. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is Out of This World Fun. The Rock, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Nick Jonas all together. Now that is a fantastic combo. This movie is pure magic. I'm going to tell you, whoever wrote this is kind of a son of a bitch. Cole, Wal- Cole Waters, that is your name. Um, did we forget Karen? Did we forget some of the female, <laughs> uh, at least essence, that was in this movie? You fucking twat. Um, named every guy, including the Jonas. Now that is being all a fantastic <laughs> combo. Uh, don't... I, di- I didn't know what to say about that. Yep. Uh, except that pure magical. Pure, pure magical. magical. All right. So we've uh, we've read some of our you know some of our wonderful outside reviews. We have explained this at, at, at nauseum. I think. It's time for some closing thoughts, Paul. What are your final thoughts on these movies? Was this necessary? What 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 are you feeling? What give give it to me straight. Yeah. So to be bluntly, um, I did not enjoy the nineteen ninety five one as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I kind of had this as a no brainer. This is going to be good. I was going to be just as I remember it. Uh, I totally just didn't live up to the nostalgia. It had been a long time since I had watched it. Uh, not not great. Robin Williams not very funny in this. Supposed to be comedy. Bonnie Hunt was the only funny part. That's really my biggest thing. Is like I, she was good in this. Yes, she was. Um, the new Jumanji I thought was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a star-studded cast. It had a good plot. I liked it. Like I said, it got a little long at the end. But was this? Did this need to be called Jumanji? I think I touched on this a little bit ago. The only, this is where the cash grab came in is by giving this the name Jumanji. You could have called this a million other things outside of just being called Jumanji, and you could have kept this going on as a series for a long time. But to throw the word Jumanji was a clear cash grab to the '90s kids and you know the millennials from the '80s and up who do hold this movie as a special place in their heart. Uh, I challenge those people to go back and watch this. Did I like the new one? Yes. Do I was this movie necessary? No, this movie was not necessary. This movie did not need to be made under the name Jumanji. I like it. I'm glad it came out. It was not fucking necessary to call this movie Jumanji. So I think I pretty much agree with you. Honestly, I'm not going to go on any uh, lengthy diatribe because I think you pretty much nailed it there. Um, like I said, I didn't have a huge amount of nostalgia for the first one anyway. Um, then rewatching it kind of just reaffirmed that. Again, we had our gripes about the second one. It's, it is it is a very easily made fun of movie because it is a big budget, just kind of goofy gra- cash grab, whatever you want to call it. But it's definitely entertaining. It's interesting. I wasn't that. It, it drags on a little long. Whatever. It was entertaining. I... I had my laughs. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. 
I don't know what else to say. Fuck Kevin Hart. <laughs> Fuck Kevin Hart. Um, so thank you for guys for listening. We really appreciate it, as always. Um, we are up on iTunes and Google Play Music. Now you can go search for us there. We have a link to it um, on our website, which is wasthatreallynecessary.com, if you'd like to uh, see that. Up next, I know we are going to be tackling Ghostbusters, which will be an interesting uh, little route. We'll watch the 1984 movie, and then we will watch the, was it 2016 reboot? Yeah, we're going to watch the 2016 um, female-dominated cast. Uh, so that'll be uh, th- th- was it was a little maligned. So we'll see how that one ends up uh, going for us. But uh, you know, I think this was a this was a fun one, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed as well. Uh, please also, if you can, go out and please rate us on iTunes and uh, Google Play Music. Give us a couple of ratings out there. We read through the one and five stars. We don't really care if you give us a one or a five star. Maybe make it a run on sentence so we can at least enjoy it there. So uh, yeah, rate it, share it um, through your social media feeds. Follow us on Facebook. We we are out there you can find us pretty easily i think so um for everybody here at was that really necessary that is actually just me zach buell and uh, yeah me paul Avishan. thank you very much for listening and we will see you guys later